I'm Liz Hinkle at TIA National Headquarters, and we are pleased to welcome you to the Transportation Intermediaries Association's TIA Delivers podcast. TIA, the trusted voice for third-party logistic companies of all sizes. In this episode of TIA Delivers podcast, we sit down with Alicia Ruiz, Vice President of Corporate Operations and Legal Affairs with Johansson Transportation Services, a third-party logistics company. Alicia discusses her strategy and leadership during 2020 and what attributes have the potential to create motivation and mobility within employees. And thanks to our podcast sponsor, the TIA Foundation, influencing 3PL growth and profitability for over 40 years. Please visit www.tianet.org if you'd like to learn more about how TIA and TIA membership can help your business grow and become more profitable. So first off, Alicia, thank you for being here with us today. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's uh, jump right in. Um, So we're talking about leadership. Uh, How would you describe your leadership style? And could you talk a little bit about circumstances within your career that have shaped that style? Sure. Um, You know, there's so many books, articles, and podcasts, information speaking to leadership styles. I don't really have a definition to my style, nor have I really searched to find one. (laughs) I just try to be the kind of leader who I want to have as a leader, um, you know, and have a similar impact on people um, like those who have helped shape me. I believe in constant coaching and allowing employees to learn from their mistakes, bringing out their best to gain better results, uh, and most of all, just being kind. Um, I find if you focus on like their talents and strengths or what brings out their best, you tend to pull Uh, their energy and motivation towards reaching a common goal, you know, within your company. Circumstances uh, that shaped my career or my leadership style, you know, there's many influences in leadership prior to my career that really set the stage for me. And I've always felt most people are born with a natural ability to lead. Uh, But specifically speaking to my career, Sure. I mean, my ability not to settle and have a vision for my future self really motivated me to speak up when I felt I was moving in the wrong direction um, and and right at critical times. Um, Having the right mentors and coaches along the way was really essential to my development as a leader in my company. Um, There isn't a day that goes by here where I'm not grateful for the leadership that I'm surrounded with. Um, You know, I've also been in situations where leadership wasn't always the best in my opinion, and I'm thankful for those instances too. They really um, taught me exactly how I never want to lead. So I strive to always be mindful of my actions and of others for that reason. Interesting. Okay. Um, as a female leader in a male-dominated industry, how has this affected your leadership style? Um, could you talk about any significant barriers you've overcome? Sure. Uh, perception, first of all. There's, you know, there's a false perception that we as women sometimes carry, which is you know, we can't accomplish what others or men can. You know, once you get past that, the opportunities really are endless. You know, do I think about it? Yes. Like, how can I not? Especially when the ranks of women in this industry are still relatively small compared to men. And it's traditional to think that companies typically have men in their leadership roles. But how I react to it, however, is a game changer to me. You know, I don't let it overwhelm me. Instead, I try to use it as motivation to keep learning and keep educating others that the barrier really doesn't exist if you don't allow it to. You know, I I was lucky enough to be hired by JTS who possesses, you know, similar values uh, to mine and ethics that allow me to achieve my success. You know, I constantly ask what I can do better or what's expected of me. 
and I encourage women to do the same because we tend to overthink um, and it's just a natural instinct of ours. And if you know what's expected of what needs to be improved on, then there's really no need to overthink anything. Um, advice to women coming up, you know, have a strong degree of emotional intelligence, you know, know your space, keep your goals in sight. As women, we are perceived to be sensitive, uh, which may impair our ability to make, you know, ability to make decisions. I think our sensitivity though allows us to be open-minded and make better decisions because we look at every angle of a situation and how it may impact those involved. Um, emotional intelligence to me is so important because it allows me to cultivate and handle relationships, conflict, uh, and it gives me the ability to be authentic. You know, if you feel you're in a position that isn't working, you got you have two options. You continue to deal with it or, or you change it. You know, you surround yourself with leaders who inspire, motivate, and provide coaching you need for continued growth. That's That's really what um, what advice I can offer. The best part about becoming a leader, though, is when you're able to empower others. Um, and when you're a true leader, those all become natural. Um, you'll know when it happens because people start to compliment you and your leadership abilities and you weren't even trying. Yeah. Okay. I think you have a great perspective on that. Thank you. Um, as a leader, how do you motivate those under to achieve and exceed goals and expectations? <sighs> you know, I've always told those around me, you never stop asking questions. Never stop learning, always keep yourself marketable. You know, this isn't to make them want to leave, but to understand that learning never stops. You know, if you truly want something, you got to position yourself to achieve it. Um, and I'm a strong, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in making sure that employees know that. I also believe one of my biggest motivators is happy and motivated people. You know, it's contagious to me and I tend to gravitate to those people who are genuinely kind and happy because to me, it's extremely powerful. Are there specific forms of motivation or techniques you found that work better than others? Um, I would say be authentic. Uh, own up to what your weaknesses are, because if you don't fail, you aren't learning. You know, accept you know accept criticism and use it as a driving force of your motivation to get better. As a leader, we cannot only allow you know we can allow anyone to dwell on their mistakes. It isn't productive and it prohibits individual growth. You know, without failure comes regret. I think in business we have to take measured risk. And sometimes if you don't take that risk, you never really had the chance to succeed at all. In a time where the 3PL community has shown itself to be a key provider of essential services, what are you doing now to keep your staff motivated during this period of uncertainty? Um, can you talk a little bit about the adjustments you've had to make in response to the disruptions caused by COVID-19? Um, what was your mindset? What were some slash are some challenges you've faced as a leader during this time? Sure. You know... Talking about um, the leadership style, you know, adjusting to the disruptions, you know, who hasn't been disrupted, but we didn't consciously adjust to anything. I believe uh, our company already has a culture that in times like this, we know we all play a bigger role in the world. Um, the leadership team I am fortunate to work with focused on making sure every employee um, understood their role mattered and how it is valued in our company, um, our industry, and in the world um, as a bigger picture. You know, the mindset, the mindset piece, really just stay positive, stay flexible and really sensitive to concerns. You know, everybody has their own opinion of what's going on and their own feeling. And in uncertain times, you know, especially that we've never encountered, we knew there would be a lot of unexpected events. You know, COVID is still a very fluid situation. Essential businesses have a broad obligation to not only our employees, but our customers, our carriers and our economy. Um, we have to be able to shift resources daily 
stay open-minded and positive um, in order to achieve everything that's required of us. It's a very demanding situation. Um, some of the challenges we faced uh, for myself in particular is making sure that as an essential employer, our, our employees believed in us that their safety comes first, because if we don't have their trust, they're not going to you know, give us 100% each and every day. Second, ensuring our customers and carriers were taken care of in the face of uncertainty um, and that each of their businesses were experiencing uh, just as many demands as that we were. And third, you really making sure our technology and our technology partners and our disaster recovery plans were all in place um, and pushing those into action to move quickly uh, to a semi-remote environment so it was seamless for you know the end user. Um, moving forward with the climate that it is now and, and stuff like that, um, do you think a lot of the practices you've started to implement will stay or would you fade them out? You know, it, it's hard to tell. I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen with COVID. Um, there's a lot of things within our company that I think are, are good, you know, whether it's employee safety and, you know, extra sanitation efforts and um, employee addressing employee concerns a little differently. I think some of those sensitivities will remain. Um, but overall, our business as the essential, you know, company I see um, definitely a strong excitement to return to work. Everybody, um, the culture here is, you know, everybody loves to be in the office, everybody loves to work. And then, you know, just handling issues separately and a case-by-case basis when we do have employees who enjoy the telework environment. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm sure all of us at TIA can agree that we're all itching to get back to see each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some attributes you think um, are most important in successful leaders and leadership? First of all, you know, this is one that uh, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. It's it's be cognizant of the word I, you know, use I only to take the blame. Um, refer to we, you know, that's something that um, I really try to take notice of and try to encourage people to be more cognizant of as, as they're, we're developing leaders here in house. You know, mindfulness, um, be very mindful of others and the situation at hand and customers and carriers and you know, everything that's going on in our world. Kindness, um, be authentic is, is a huge one for me, you know, and continue to work on self-improvement. You know, the only way you can empower others is by working on yourself first. And I'd probably say finally, like give praise and, and know when it's right to apologize. You know, don't, that's one of the strengths I think is being able to accept when you're wrong and apologize for that. I think leadership is such a broad spectrum in general, too, that it's just one of those things where you say it and, like, everybody has their own opinions, own viewpoints. Um, but it's really, like, how it has it affected you personally. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I guess that's all we have for you. I mean, we really appreciate you coming on. I, I really appreciate you guys working with me. It has been one heck of the past two weeks. Thanks again to Alicia Ruiz for joining us today as we appreciate her insight on leadership in 2020. And thank you again to our podcast sponsor, the TIA Foundation, influencing 3PL growth and profitability for over 40 years. Please visit www.tianet.org if you'd like to learn more about how TIA and TIA membership can help your business grow and become more profitable.